Hey everyone, I'm Nick LaRovere, an insufferable know-it-all who sometimes makes a decent film, director and producer, and welcome to the Storyteller Podcast, TotalStoryteller.com. I'm going to go kind of off the cuff a little bit uh, this episode and talk about uh, attributes of a great director. Um, But I I was just thinking about and kind of laughing to myself. It's really funny to just be sitting in a room by yourself and talking to yourself into a microphone. It's the strangest, most unnatural thing. Anyway, so um, this is based on an article I wrote, 19 Attributes You Need to Be a Great Film Director. Uh, I'm going to try and elaborate on what I talked about, and I'm going to try not to be too serious. The reason I decided to talk about this topic today is because uh, I feel like I'm experiencing somewhat of a failure with my ebook right now, which I knew going into, you know, there's going to be bumps in the road. Whenever you try something new, uh, going to potentially experience failure and, and maybe things can turn around and that, you know, all that's fine. Uh, but it just made me think this topic, 19 attributes you need to be a great film director, um, is very related. And that's because all these attributes that I'm about to talk about, they're an ideal that I think each of us should strive to reach. I think there are many ideals that are worthwhile to pursue in life, and these are some of them. And that pursuit is why I, I've i connected these two things, this failure with my ebook and these 19 attributes, because I feel like that pursuit is what provides us with a sense of purpose and motivation and provides us with a sense of meaning in life is a pursuit of something great and in that pursuit you're going to have a potential to fail and it's going to be painful but that's fine because that experience that whole thing you know that journey is what is is valuable that's what feels meaningful Uh, because if I just got to my, you know, once I'm at the destination, it's going to be like, oh, great. I got what I was expecting. You know, that's, it's satisfying. But, um, if I didn't have the entire journey along the way, it wouldn't be, um, nearly as valuable of an experience. And I have had the pleasure and the privilege to, uh, grow by doing filmmaking I think that even if I ultimately never reach my goal, that that journey was worth it all along because of all the the valuable experiences that I've gained, the improvements I've made to myself as a human being, and the experiences I've had with, with people that I enjoy working with. So these 19 attributes, I think, are a good goal, are a good focus to improve on. And even if you never reach them, the pursuit itself is meaningful and valuable. What attributes do you need to be a great director? Well, I think um, really if you go down the list that I wrote, all of these attributes are first off my opinion, but also I think that any of them can be applied to really any position of leadership in any industry. Um, Anyone who, who needs to lead people to accomplish a mission and complete a goal, these are good attributes to have. And not just someone that is good at getting the job done, right? Like results above all else kind of person, but someone who people want to work with in the long run, someone that is inspires them to be better, to become better, to do better, to do great things. Um, and I think that's someone that 
um, that's something we should all aspire to as directors. And that's something that uh, those are the kinds of people that we like to work with. Uh, those are the kinds of people who we look up to um, that in our lives. So um, a filmmaker, a great director is more than someone who makes a movie. Um, a good director has many admirable qualities and it's important that you are introspective when you're working and when you're creating a film that you don't just think um, about your end result, but how are you influencing the people around you? Uh, are you being the best director you can be in terms of those people, right? For example, a, a problem a lot of people I know have is having those strong relationships with people who will collaborate with them repeatedly for um, over the course of time. And I'm not saying that it's because you treat people poorly, uh, but maybe there are some some things you could tweak in your behavior and the way you treat people um, that makes you an even more desirable person to work with that where people are willing to go out of their way to do stuff for you because they know that you're going to reciprocate because they know that um, you're going to respect them and that uh, you do certain leadership things that make them feel as if their contribution is extremely uh, valued you know, there's lots of things you can do to um, kind of improve your lot generally that aren't immediately obvious. So, like I said, these attributes are, are uh, you know, shared across leaders, business owners, filmmakers of all kinds. So the first one is stress tolerant. A great director can roll with the punches, be cool in a tough situation, and still make the decisions needed while under pressure. They don't crumble under stress and have healthy stress coping mechanisms in place. We all know that being on set is a, it's a stressful place. It's a stressful position to be the director. There are many people looking at you simultaneously, expecting guidance, expecting you to have the answers. Maybe not the answers on how to solve a specific te technical problem, but they're looking for someone who has a vision, who knows what they want and, and directs that vision to be executed. And if you have maybe an experienced crew, they might be looking for technical answers too, but that's um, less typical. The, you know, the more films you make and the more experience you get um, and the more experienced people you work with. So yeah, it's incredibly important to, to be stress tolerant um, and to be able to handle that and keep a cool head and um, be able to look at things um, from a neutral stance and just be able to solve problems without um, be a, being a problem creator, which I think I get to a bit later. But yeah, I mean, if you're freaking out on set um, and you just can't handle it, then it's really going to cause you problems when your, your films are only going to get likely more complicated and more difficult. It's not going to get any easier, uh, especially if you're stretching yourself, you're pushing yourself, you know, with each film and trying new things. It's not going to become easier technically, right? If you went into the past and you directed a film you did one, two, three years ago, that would be easier because you're doing something easier. But you're going to be challenging yourself, and so the subjective challenge is the same. Um, 
something that is in line with this. I've been reading the book Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink, and a very good book. I highly recommend it. Um, and he talks about uh, being able to prioritize and execute. And that goes in line with this stress tolerance. The ability to, despite the chaos around you, despite the hundred problems that need your attention at any particular moment, to stop, look at everything coolly, and prioritize, okay, I can only do one thing at a time. What needs to happen? What's the most important thing that needs to happen right now? Pick that. Direct your team. Hey, this is a problem that needs to be solved right now. We'll, we'll accomplish those other tasks after uh, in order of, of importance. And then you get that thing done. And then you're closer to your goal. And you move on to the next problem, the next challenge. And being stress tolerant, being able to keep a cool head will help with that. The next thing is flexibility. A great director is open to new ideas so they can make the best film possible. You don't turn your nose up at ideas that can make the film better. Um, the director doesn't always have the right answers. And you have, uh, presumably, um, crew members that each individually know more about their particular aspect of film than you do. Um, that includes actors, crew, any other collaborators or advisors. Um, it doesn't mean you need to take their advice. It doesn't mean you need to, to follow every little suggestion. Um, you can respectfully appreciate your input. Um, but that, and um, I acknowledge it, but this is the direction we're going in. And sometimes you're right and sometimes you're wrong. Sometimes it turns out that it would have been better maybe if you would have followed their advice. Uh, but that's part of learning. That's part of making mistakes. And that's fine. Um, there, of, of course, there's also a time and not a time when people should be giving you input. Um, and that just depends on the people you're working with. And uh, that's more of a, a relationship issue. So yeah, if you if you refuse to listen to people's input simply out of pride because you think you know what's best to do in every situation, then uh, that's, that's a problem relationship-wise. Um, people aren't going to feel like you value their input, um, but at the same t time, you're probably going to lose out on some good ideas. So that's not, that's not great, is it? Positive attitude. Great directors aren't self-obsessed divas. Uh, they're leaders of a team. Everyone on set looks to him or her to set the standard for behavior. I know this is a little different. I don't think... Uh, you know, you think, well, everyone's adults, right? Then why do we need to model behavior? Shouldn't people just behave as they're supposed to? Shouldn't people um, be professionals, right? Especially if you're on a set where people are being paid, which may not be the case, but if it is, right, people should just do what they're supposed to do and they should just be professionals. Uh, but people don't really work that way. Um, to some extent they do, you know, but it's largely about the character of that person. But even a, a good crew member, a very experienced, you know, professional, cool-headed, um, great-to-work-with person in the wrong environment is going to have a hard time maintaining a great attitude, for example. So everyone looks to the director to set the standard for behavior. I mean, there are other things that affect how people behave, right? If they feel that you're incompetent and you're making their job more difficult, that can affect attitude, things like that. But uh, if you are gloomy, pessimistic, have low morale, things like that, 
it's going to be reflected in your crew. Maybe not immediately. Maybe you don't notice it because you're too occupied. But they feel it from you and, you know, um, it's going to affect them. It's just how people work. Um, we're social animals. Uh, we look to we, we mirror other people's behaviors, even if we don't necessarily want to. It's going to affect us. And so you want to be um, full of motivation. You want to exude those um, traits on set that you would like other people to um, do. Set the example. So, oh yeah. Yeah, I wrote that right here. Great director is mindful of this and sets the example. Which, we'll get to that in a second. C leads by example. <laughs> which is very important. Uh, uses time efficiently. A great director has no time to waste. There's a movie to be made. And time is money, as they say. Great directors understand the value of time and use it properly. There's a time for everything. If it's time to rest, they rest. If it's time to work hard, they work hard. They try to maximize the time they have available. I think there's a couple reasons this is important. Um, you might say, well, it's my film. I can do whatever I want, right? If I want to take my sweet time and, and be inefficient, then fine. But I think this is a good guideline, if nothing else. If you do nothing else but make films you want to make and you are bankrolling it, then you, of course, can do with your money what you like. But I think people have a more enjoyable experience if they feel that their time is being used well. Um, I think it makes things more fun on set when you keep things rolling and, and things are rolling smoothly, right? People don't feel like there was a lack of preparedness that's causing inefficiencies on set because they want to do... You know, hopefully, the people you're working with, including yourself, want to do the best possible job. They want the film to be as good as possible. And it's painful when there are inefficiencies and apparent lack of planning and these sorts of things that um, cause time problems. And time is your money, even if you are the one paying for it. You know, that's a penalty. Nobody likes to waste money. Anybody who likes to waste money doesn't have much money for long. Um, and uh, there's a time for everything. If they rest, they rest. If it's time to work hard, they work hard. I think that's part of setting the example. Um, I think a great example is that I've seen ex experience is on set for a feature film. You know, you're working long days. You're working weeks at a time. You're working six day weeks, and you get tired. You get fatigued, um, and it's easy to eat a big meal. You know, and just want to just sit down and do nothing. And I think it's not a requirement. I've obviously seen people not do it. But I think it's very helpful if the director sets the example by, all right, lunch is over. Let's get back to work. They have a positive attitude. They show that they, they have energy and they want to get back to work. Um, I think that helps motivate everyone else. If you are apparently tired and don't feel like doing anything and you sit around and um, – you're napping, you know, I mean, everyone else is going to follow suit with the director pretty much, you know, if you sit around and you just dilly dally, then other people are going to do the same. So, oh, you're right, right. I almost forgot something. The other reason I think it's, this is important is, uh, especially if you begin to be responsible to use the money that someone else gave you to make a film. Um, I may be, 
a minority in this opinion, but I think that art is not the be all end all. Uh, I love art. I love filmmaking. I love doing it. However, I think that it is incredibly irresponsible to use others' money that they've invested in your project um, inefficiently. And by not preparing properly, by not being time efficient, uh, and by, you know, you're basically wasting someone else's money if they've invested in your project. And I think that it's your responsibility and your duty to do the best possible job you can um, because they've entrusted you with that money. Um, and so the more efficient you are, the better steward of that money you're being. I think that's very respectable. I think that will help uh, you have a good reputation. It will help you avoid the uh, pitfalls of, you know, being a poor steward of that money, which could include, you know, possibly ruining your film, possibly destroying a relationship, burning a bridge. I don't know. I haven't been there yet. However, I can very easily see that happening. Um, people who make a lot of money and they invest in something that you're doing, they worked hard for that money. So they want to see it used responsibly. You know, I would want the same thing if I give someone else money to do something. So I think that's only fair. <sighs> All right. <laughs> oh, only on number five. Number five. A good director knows how to be diplomatic. Great directors didn't get where they are by treating people poorly when they're in a bad move. A bad move. Uh, bad mood. That's not necessarily true. Obviously, there are people out there who are not great to work with. Um, there are divas. There are, you know, these people exist. Uh, what I'm talking about here is that ideal. To be the person that people want to work for, not just because they're getting a, a paycheck, but because they genuinely uh, find you inspiring, that you're someone that's enjoyable to work with. Um, yeah. So great directors have self-control and can deal with people cordially, even if the situation is frustrating or someone is being unreasonable. The great director understands that you can't always take a sledgehammer to an issue and call it a day. Sometimes you need to use more delicate tools and approach people with finesse. Again, not a hard and fast, absolutely necessary attribute, but I think it's going to save you a lot of headache and it's going to help you solve problems. Um, it goes along with keeping a cool head. If you know how to be diplomatic, you know, you can talk to someone who's being truly difficult and unreasonable and you can get a, I don't know, 20% better outcome just by keeping a calm head and like talking to them and asking, okay, well, what, what is the actual problem? You know, what is it that you're actually having an issue with? Sometimes someone will come to your your set, right? You might be filming on location and someone comes up and is like, Hey, what the heck are you guys doing? Uh, this is my property or whatever. I don't know. Sometimes, uh, things happen. Um, not necessarily, even if you've quote unquote secured a location, the unexpected can happen. Um, had this happen, uh, was working on someone else's film and we had the permission of the guy renting the, the location but then the owner of the entire property comes along, and this is in a small town. And he says, what the heck are you guys doing? I didn't give you permission to do this. And they're like, uh, have you got 
permission from the guy who rents here. He's like, well, does he own the property? Is his name on the deed to the property? Okay, well, I don't know who's, whose name is on the deed to the property. How are you supposed to know? Anyway, I, I wasn't the one dealing with that. I just observed it. But it's that kind of stuff that can just come up randomly where it really helps to, to be able to keep a cool head and be diplomatic, even if that person is truly being unreasonable and you're not, you know, you're not hurting anyone. You're not doing anything crazy. A dialogue scene on someone's property that they're renting, but you're in plain view. And at, at night, by the way, I don't know. Anyway, something like that. If you were unable to keep a cool head, you may exacerbate the problem and cause yourself a big headache and possibly the need to wrap and like find a new location and reshoot. I mean, it it could be a nightmare. And and since you are the head of the project, right? You are the the mouthpiece most likely if this is a, you know, low budget project of yours. Uh there's no one else there to advocate for you. You're going to have to deal with it and you don't want to make things worse. Number six is a good director knows when to speak up or shut up. This is basically an extension of being diplomatic. Sometimes a thing you really want to say, you just don't say. Um, a good director knows this and exercises restraint in what he or she says. This is kind of just general life principle. You know, just keep your mouth shut if it's not going to help. Um, and this really only applies if you're you're the mouthpiece for your own project, like on a low budget, shoestring, whatever that you're doing. Um, if you had a bigger project, you know, on, on big, bigger budget films, you know, they have producers and they have all sorts of people that will step out and, and represent and be a mouthpiece. But we do not have that luxury, do we? Thinks outside the box. The great director doesn't feel constrained or threatened by others creative ideas or input well this is kind of a repeat isn't it it's kind of being flexible well good job nick duplicative writing real great real great quality work there buddy a problem solver and not a problem creator we all know those people that point out problems in a complaining manner, but they never offer any solutions. And that is super obnoxious because now someone has placed a big fat steaming problem in front of your face and now you have to solve it. You have to figure something out. And there are the even worse culprits. Those who create problems where none exist, which is obviously counterproductive. You don't want to be either of these people. You want to be, if you identify a problem, and people will appreciate this. If you're a member of a team, like someone else's crew or whatever, people like this kind of person. If you identify a problem, you need to offer a solution or two, right? Because when you point out a problem to someone and just leave it at that, they may unconsciously feel that you are the source of an irritation because a problem is an irritation i'm kind of i'm kind of taking a leap here i think that they think okay uh nick brought me this problem that there's this issue and then he walked off and i'm irritated because i have to deal with this problem and i have more on my plate than i had before 
and now I got to figure out this thing. Um, I feel like that leaves a kind of negative feeling with you. I don't think I'm alone in that. But if you're someone who says, you know what, I identified this problem. It's not great. Um, I had a couple ideas. It might be crap, but uh, what about this or this? You, then you walk away. It's like, okay, at least I have something to work with there. Uh, I feel like they're trying to help. They're trying to um, be productive uh, instead of just creating more work for you. And, of course, you don't want to be someone who just creates problems where they don't exist. Uh, great director is always working with the team to move forward one step. So if someone gives you a problem and they just walk away, they've just set you back and they haven't actually helped you get past that obstacle. Nine, takes responsibility. A great director understands the distinction between fault and responsibility. He or she understands that everything that goes wrong or right about their film as the leader of the filmmaking team, will be attributed to the director. No one watches your film and says, wow, that grip, that DP really screwed up there because that part is not good. They don't, I mean, normal people don't even know what that is. But uh, even a filmmaker is going to be like, oh, that director didn't really do a very good job, did he? It kind of sucks. <laughs> uh Everything that happens on the film with the end result is your responsibility, even if it is not your fault. The big difference here is fault is um, Bobby did that thing, right? He He's the one that screwed up that shot. I, Nick, did not personally operate the camera and get that shot and screw up the focus or whatever. Um, however, ultimately... It's not Bobby that's responsible for the end quality of the film. It's my responsibility to say um, either we have time for another take and I decide to do another take. Bobby, please execute another take and then he gets it right. Or to say we don't have time to do another take. We're going to go with what we have. And it turns out that that shot was not very good. That is my responsibility. Even though it's his fault, it's kind of irrelevant, ultimately. Unless that person actually isn't good at their job and misrepresented their ability or something like that right so the great a great director accepts the risk and the possible reward his or her own mistakes and always works to correct them without blaming others because it is a waste of time to play the blame game um you you accept the risk of failure but you also accept the benefit if the film turns out great then everyone says, Nick, you know, I'm using myself an example, how vain. Nick made a great film. What a great job he did. When obviously there's a bunch of people that are working in the film, you know, which comes to my last point. A great director isn't afraid to attribute a job well done to the members of the team that deserve recognition for their good work. It's a team effort. People appreciate it when you attribute that to them. Boy, this is sure turning out to be long. How long is this? Well, I'm going to push on. Okay. Relationships and communication. A great director focuses on fostering relationships. A great director gets where he or she is because he or she understands that business is largely about relationships. 
Therefore, the great director spends time building genuine relationships with a variety of people. You've got a network, you've got to meet a lot of people, and you've got to stay in touch with them. Um, I am very bad at this, I feel. <laughs> I, In some ways, I feel like I'm a lot better than I used to. I do try and reach out to new people and, and build new relationships, but I have a heck of a time trying to keep in touch with them and like actually build that dropping stuff i can i can always use some improvement in this area um uh, i'm sure we all can i'm i can't be the only person uh who's very introverted and just prefers to be shut in and sit and read play video games watch tv and basically not interact with anybody ever that's my natural inclination so you have to work at this. It's really important. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I've had a lot of people tell me they have a hard time finding collaborators. Just people who are even who are decent to work with and who are willing to work with them on a somewhat regular basis, you know, and usually for no pay uh, because it's a passion project, quote unquote. And I... I'm very blessed in that I feel I have never had that problem. And it is not for lack of effort. Um, it is largely due to my, well, partially just my good fortune, but also investing time and money into relationships with other people. I always try and identify um, when I'm just going about life or when I'm working with someone on a film set, I try and identify people that seem like they would be great to work with. And I try and reach out to them and connect with them and try and collaborate with them at some point. And if I like them, I try and foster that relationship. And sometimes it has come in the form of gifts. Like I just give something to someone, um, frankly, like my sound guy, Kenny, which uh, who I've worked with for several years now. And, um, we both kind of started around the same time. Like he had a, a background in other kind of audio non-film and he was getting into film, but he was already very good. Um, and, you know, we hung out and we worked on a film, a couple of films together. And, you know, I just a little gesture, like I bought him a little Pelican case to hold his mics. And uh, I didn't ask for anything in return. Um, it's just, and, and I didn't do that. Like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to garner some favor with this guy. It, it's just, I like Kenny. I would like to work with him in the future. And um, I wanted to show that I appreciate what he'd done for me. I'm just, I'm just investing in a, in a real relationship. And that's the kind of stuff that gets you long-term collaborators, people that want to work with you. Um, you know, and I think, Focusing on improving your leader qualities in general helps with that because you become someone who motivates and inspires and uh, someone that people want to work with. Anyway, I'm I'm getting into the weeds on that, but um, build genuine relationships with people. It, it's important. Eleven is communicates effectively. The great director understands that communication is absolutely essential to efficient and pleasant working conditions. He or she has spent a lot of time learning these skills and making sure 
he or she communicates as clearly as possible at all times. I am not good at this either. I feel like I am a pretty good written communicator. I always have been pretty strong in that area and I get better all the time because I, I write and improve that skill. But uh, I've been a very poor verbal communicator for a long time. It's something that I try and focus on and work on. I feel like I'm a lazy verbal communicator. And by that, I mean, I find it easy to slip into a, a lazy way of talking where I'm not clear at all when I talk to someone. Like I just very unclear verbal communication um, because it takes energy and effort for me to communicate clearly verbally. Uh, <laughs> like doing this podcast, I really have to think about what I'm trying to communicate with someone um, verbally. Um, and that's, I'm not just talking about verbal communication here. I'm talking about communication in general. Um, most problems on set with a project, general, with a relationship, um, lots of stuff can be attributed to insufficient or poor communication. You've communicated something or the person who you have communicated to received information that was different than what you intended, or you have insufficiently communicated and not given them enough information to come to the conclusion which you wanted them to reach. And that's when breakdowns happen and, and issues. So it's really important that you focus on becoming a better communicator uh, whenever you can and um, not becoming lazy when you communicate. Another thing, another thing is a good director motivates and inspires. It motivates and inspires people to give their best effort, even when they aren't feeling energetic or particularly invested. Their passion is contagious. This goes with setting the example, with trying to be a good leader, with um, people following your like I was talking about, if you're sitting at lunch during a film and you're lazy and you're sitting around and you don't want to do anything and you're clearly out of it and, you know, not excited, people are going to mirror that. Um, you want to be, to get people feeling invested and energetic. And I think it helps to be a good communicator because if you can communicate a strong vision, <laughs> actually... I'm going to get to that. Uh, if you can communicate a strong vision and you are clearly passionate about the project or passionate about what you're doing, then that goes a long way to helping um, motivate people. You know, I think that people like a clear direction. And so by providing a clear direction uh, and energy, you know, people are, are likely to move in that direction more likely. A uh, good director creates and shares a common vision. Uh, this is super obvious in terms of film, right? Because theoretically, what ends up on screen is a collaborative effort between you and all sorts of different people. Um, but it starts with a, a, a template vision that you provided to your team, right? A strong vision and sharing that within your cast and crew is important for inspiring their commitment and best work to a film. 
and they can see, ah, I know what he wants. That's something that that's visual. That's something that is clear that we can work toward as a team instead of uh, some kind of amorphous goal. You know, people need clear direction. And with the film, like I said, it, it's more clear what kind of things you can do in order to create and share that common vision. Things that I like to share are like, visual references aka story or uh, not storyboards they are a visual reference but uh lookbooks lookbooks are super helpful storyboards are the obvious choice it's like look this right here this is what we are creating together this is basically the film now we just got to bring it to life a good director leads by example Great director understands that leading teams to make great films requires sacrifice and hard work from everyone. And so he does what it takes to set the example of how others should behave. A good director is always the first one on set, ready to work with coffee in hand, and the last one to leave set. First one there, last one to go. Um, I think that people who are working especially hard uh, certain positions are physically challenging, um, cam ops, grips, you know, I mean, basically anything but the director, right? The director has this supposedly cushy job, uh, physically not very demanding. It is, it is mentally demanding, but it doesn't help your crew's motivation if it looks like you get to kind of take it easy. Um, and you might say, well, why do I need to put forth that extra effort like I'm not actually needed there and that may be technically true but it the longer your project is and the the more you work with those people I think the more important it becomes they see that you are willing to put in the work that it takes to make the film a reality they see that you are not placing yourself in a I guess, I don't know, morally superior position, right? You know, you're not better than anyone else, basically. Like, you're there to work until the work is done, just like everyone else. Um, I mean, ideally, you're pitching in a hand to clean things up and just do whatever you can uh, instead of just um, leaving it to everyone else uh, because it's not, it's not particularly inspiring <laughs> if you're just sitting there sipping on, you know, ice-cold drink or something while everyone else is working hard. That's not a good look at the least. Well, we finally get to it. What about storytelling skills, Nick? Isn't that what we're doing? D directing? Uh, yeah, that's definitely part of it. <laughs> Funny enough, though, there's only four points. Okay, 15. Understands the filmmaking fundamentals. A good film director understands why they say you need to know the rules before you can break them, which is a common saying in filmmaking. The, the reason for that is basically if you know the rules, then when you break them, which you will, you know what result you're attempting to get by doing so. If you're breaking them accidentally and you don't know what you're doing, you don't actually know, A, the end result you're going for, um, you're doing things likely somewhat randomly, which is, you know, if you just want to shoot from the hip, that's fine on a passion project. But if there's any money on, 
at stake, including yours, you're going to want to make sure you have a basic understanding of those rules so you understand what will happen when you do certain things. There's so many variables in a film. The more you can limit and, and understand if I do A, it produces B result. If I do B, it produces C result. Uh, the more of those factors you can control and know how they're going to turn out, that limits unexpected results. Um, because you're trying to create a vision and then when you implement it, get as close to that as possible. Obviously, there can be things that happen that are, are unexpected but good. But there are plenty of other things that can go um, not according to plan that are then poorer results than you had hoped. Uh, and especially when you're starting out, that tends to be the majority. Another thing, um, don't be afraid to lean on the expertise of your crew. They likely know a heck of a lot more than you do in that particular area, and, and that's fine. Um, no one expects you to know everything. But they do expect you to make a decision. A great director understands real human behavior. If one doesn't understand how people react in real life to various events, how can one portray them believably on film? A great director can anticipate how someone might react in the real world and transplant that into the fiction of his story. Now, obviously, there are a lot of circumstances where people in films do not behave as they would in real life. At the end of the day, if the film entertains, that's going to suffice for a lot of people. Uh, depending on who you talk to, it doesn't matter whether or not the behavior in the movie lines up with how human beings behave in real life. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that it's important to portray human beings as they really are. I may, again, be a minority in this opinion, but I think it's important to be truthful in your films. Obviously, the events of your story aren't necessarily not true because it's likely a fiction. But what I mean is, like I said, I think it's important that people behave in a truthful manner in the film in a way that people really actually behave. Because we're, our culture is so steeped in film and television and fiction storytelling that when we portray humans as behaving in a, sp a specific way repeatedly, over and over and over again, people are saturated with that view of human behavior that isn't in line with reality. Uh, I, th I think that's a negative just in general in, in life in our society. Uh, I'm not going to get more into it, but I, I don't think that that negates my other point, which is it helps to understand how people work and how they behave because you can use that in your films. Um, and I think the more experience you get in life, the easier that becomes. You know, I'm, I'm young, and uh, the more I learn about people, I feel like the better I understand archetypal characters, the better I understand character and story arcs um, and all that stuff. Because like I've mentioned, a film, a fictional story arc, is, is basically just a simulation of what human beings go through, uh, the process we go through in order to uh, adapt and change, right? We start off with a flaw, we encounter obstacles, we, 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 we fall and we fail, and then we, we have some kind of consequence at the end if we do not change. And then the character changes, overcomes that, and, and corrects, right? That's the process of learning. And so that mirrors real life, though not all, people don't always make that correction. 
but um, it mirrors real life nevertheless. Uh, so that being said, if a director is young and relatively inexperienced, like myself, frankly, it's, uh, I think it's important to try and experience the world, get new experiences, get out there. Um, don't just sit in your room, uh, as I'm inclined to do. <laughs> go out, examine, and observe human behavior. Go experience life. Go do stuff. Uh, don't settle. All right, understand film conventions. Basically, understand how people perceive different things in films. I mean, this goes from different shots to coloring to tropes to genre conventions. All the things that people have come to expect and um, from different genres or different aspects of film, the better you understand that, but the better you can use those conventions to your benefit for your film so if you understand how the audience is likely to react to a certain element based on how it's been used in the past, like a jump scare in a horror film, that's a very basic example, uh, you understand how to use it because you understand how the audience is likely to react already. A good film director can walk in other people's shoes. It helps with creating believable actor performances, I think, and creating believable stories. If you can sit down and you can mentally put yourself in someone else's shoes, in that character's shoes, and see how would this person behave in this situation. And then lastly, a, a great director understands how humans learn. <laughs> I already went over this. The film, film story arcs mimic the process in which humans learn. Deep personal flaw, an inciting incident, an ensuing struggle, realization, and finally, change or growth. And, and a good director applies that to his or her films in order to create believable characters and moving stories. I know this is a lot of stuff. I've been droning on for I don't even know how long now. But don't be overwhelmed by all this stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I'm talking about basically like the ideal human being here. <laughs> so don't think that you're going to have all these attributes. I certainly don't. Uh, you know, I have some of them in in flawed amounts, but I've also spent a lot of time, not to toot my own horn, you know, I have a lot to learn, uh, but I spent a lot of time reading and studying psychology and leadership and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm in the, the Army National Guard, and I've been in leadership roles uh, for some amount of time. And before that, I was in a military boarding school for all of high school. And I had, I guess, an obsession with leadership and in self-improvement type stuff. And I had a unique opportunity to, to learn hands-on leadership, you know, to study it on my own and read about it, but then also to apply that stuff hands-on at a young age. And most people don't have those kinds of opportunities. And so I've been able to see both from my own mistakes in leadership and um, from observing good leaders, uh, what works and what doesn't. And um, I think that people who want to direct films don't necessarily think of themselves as leaders. But whether you like it or not, whether you think of yourself as a leader or not, that's exactly what you are. Well, everyone, thanks for listening to the episode. I'm going to be doing these sporadically whenever I feel like it. If you liked this episode, it'd be great if you subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. 
or on YouTube. Um, I hope you got some value out of this. I know it's some repurposed content, but I think it's great stuff and not everyone likes to read. If you have any suggestions for topics, feel free to reach out and let me know. Check out TotalStoryTeller.com. If you join the newsletter, if you join the community, I've got lots of great resources for filmmakers. I try and share cool stuff, helpful stuff that I wish I had when I started out with people whenever I get the chance. And last but not least, I'll just leave you with one last thing, and that is if you feel overwhelmed by this list, don't be. All you need to do is, is pick one little thing that you could improve at that you know you could do better. And um, just try and be a little better at it today than you were yesterday. Try and be a little bit better at that thing tomorrow than you were today. If, like me, for example, it's verbal communication, tomorrow, just try and put a little more thought into the words before you speak, right? Be quiet for a few seconds. Uh, don't feel rushed to answer people. Give thoughtful answers. You know, just, just try it and be a, a little bit better today than you were yesterday. And, you know, next thing you know, you'll be a heck of a lot better at that particular skill than you were. That's it. Get out there and make great films. Peace out.